Welcome to the I'm Just Saying podcast, hosted by Anthony Tildman, featuring the latest trends and all the coolest vibes. Tell your friends to tune in because they'll love it too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your boy, Anthony Tillman, and welcome to another podcast. There's so much going on. I'm excited to have everyone. We got so much going on right now. I had to bring some people in here that just knows what's going on. And right now we need God in our life. So my first guest is somebody that I've known for a long time and she's went through the struggle, y'all. She, she, she's a publicist. She's a writer. She's an author. She's such an inspirational person. Natasha Brown is in the house. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me, Anthony. I am so great. How are you? That is the question. I am doing well. You know, I've known you so long that you have introduced me by my old identity. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, it's all good. When I met, when I met Anthony, I was a publicist in all of those things. And so now I no longer do publicity, but I am a publisher, <clears throat> a, a book publisher, as well as an author and a minister. So it's really great to be here. And uh, both of us have evolved so much in the past 11 years since we've known each other. <laughs> wow, it's been 11 years. Wow. Well, that you write it. That definitely been a... a a nice little minute there, but uh, hey, I'm I'm glad you progressed, and I'm glad so much is going on. So, you know, so what's what's actually been happening with you? Tell me how how life has changed for you in the past eleven years that you want to kind of share. Oh wow, that's a long time span. I mean, everything has changed. You know, like I said, I was doing something completely different when I first met you. I was an entertainment publicist, and you know, still a writer at that point and a journalist, but mainly my main thing was PR. And now I don't do that at all. Uh, mainly, what I do all day, day in, day out, is I work with authors. You know, I help authors and aspiring authors write their books. Um, come up with, you know, their their strategies for their books and their branding and, and things like that. Um, focusing on a lot of book coaching, publishing. We do a lot of editing. And so building a publishing company, my company is called Elohi International Publishing and Media. And so really, um, you know, I work with, I have a team of people that are amazing, uh, designers, marketing people, and um, just different, you know, people on my team. And, and you know, we work together pretty much, you know, every day just helping authors and really just pushing books out that make a difference in the world. Um, in addition to that, I just published uh, my, I don't know how many books this is uh, for me, uh, but it's probably my my third independent book, like my third solo book. But um, I've, of course, as a ghostwriter, you know, after I left PR, I published a book in 2015, 10 Blessings of Betrayal. And that sort of launched me into publishing as a ghostwriter. And so at this point, um, I've ghostwritten over 30 books. Uh, wow. So I just released a book um, of my own called The Absence of Excess. And it's really um, a, a story, you know, the stories that came out of my missionary experience. I was a missionary in Africa 
for um, six months. And so that book tells those stories. And so in addition to, you know, doing a lot of the book coaching and publishing and writing, I also do a lot of ministry work, prayer calls and missionary work and uh, just, you know, trying to help people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's definitely um, a big transition. So let, let's go back to the let's go back to the writing. So mm-hmm. what what made you transition from PR to really you know ghostwriting and really now into ministry? So it's so funny. I've actually always been a writer since I was a kid. I have um, a degree in writing um, and then a second degree in communications. So it's like I've always been a writer, even before anybody knew me as a publicist. I was a journalist for newspapers. And so when I, I just wanted to start a business in 2009, and when I did that, I wanted to tell people's stories and I wanted to do it in D.C. I wanted to come back to D.C., and uh, I learned that the the best way to sort of earn money other than, you know, the $25,000 I was making as a, um, you know, I had made as a newspaper reporter for my first job out of college was to be a PR person. And, you know, um, there's such a big gap in what PR people make versus what, you know, entry-level journalists make. So I um, I started that company, Think Brown Inc., um, just to tell stories. I didn't necessarily want to ever be a publicist, but I, I quickly learned the game and um, because I'm a storyteller and a writer, I excelled in publicity um, and PR. And so uh, I didn't really you know, care for that that much, but I did it for about five years. And in 2015, I wrote my first book, 10 Blessings of Betrayal. And that really launched me into my purpose, into everything that I'm doing now. So it did a couple of things for me. You know, when I when I launched that book, that that book was, you know, the story of how God brought me through after being wrongfully accused of attempted murder and, you know, trying to cute, uh, kill my abuser, just craziness. And um, God sort of brought me through that. Not sort of. He did bring me all the way through and just redeem my whole life. And so once that book came out it started to get in the hands of clients. And a lot of my my clients in PR and branding had been ministers. And I didn't even realize it, but they had been ministers or nonprofit organizations. And they began to read the book and ask me, one, if I could host, you know, groups, if I could start speaking, if I could work with domestic violence uh, victims. And so, of course, I say yes to everything. And then the second thing that it did was people began to ask me if I could help them write books like mine or if I could write the books for them. And I say yes. So I would just say yes to everything. And I realized that I loved it. And it opened up a new lane for me in terms of writing, which was really my first love. You know, I've always... Like I said, I've always been a writer. I just didn't know how to make it a sustainable career option for me at the time, you know, because like I said, being a journalist, for me as an entry-level journalist, it just wasn't sustainable for me. So it's like once that book came out, it really just pushed me into everything else. Um, but I, at the time, I was so, I was really, really getting back into the word. I had this experience with God. Uh, well, you asked me about writing, so I won't go there, but... Um, <laughs> now, go ahead, go there. Go, go ahead okay, and okay, so <laughs> Elaborate more. Yeah, so I, um, I had this really in extreme, I had, you know, just several encounters with God during that time. Um, one of them, you know, when I was on trial, pretty much, well, facing trial for those wrongfully... Um, 
wrong, wrongful accusations, I just started to get, you know, closer to God. And even once the the charges were dropped, I, I still was so mad and bitter. And I just remember praying, it was like, Lord, what can I do? Like, how do I feel better? What, how do I, you know, stop this? Like, how do I feel better, different? I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to be angry and bitter and hateful. And he told me to write. And so when he told me to write, that was the book I started writing. You know, I thought I was writing a journal entry and just a hate letter or something, but um, it turned into my book, 10 Blessings of Betrayal. And so I just started to have like maybe it was five months probably of encounters with God where he was just speaking to me so, so deeply and he was just drawing me closer to him. And all I wanted to do was just study the word and read the Bible. And then my book came out and people started to ask me about, you know, how did I get through? And the only thing that I could say was God. Like, I'm like, only only explanation for how I got through this, like how I got through domestic violence. I had, my life was on the line so many times. My freedom was on the line. If I would have been convicted, I could have gone to jail for 25 years for crimes I didn't commit. Um, everything was on the line. And the only way that I got through was God. And so I, people started then to ask me about God. And so it really just drew me in deeper to God and was like, okay, Lord, I need to know more about you. I need to know your word. So I just became obsessed with the word and I started to study it, study it. I started to go to different churches around the DMV area, taking free classes just so that I could learn the word and, and that I could get more and, and just hear more Bible teaching. And eventually I just heard the Lord calling me to seminary and so I moved away from the DMV and I went to um, grad school again to get a Master of Divinity degree. But really, it wasn't about the degree. It was about the experience for three years, what I went through there and just um, the 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 journey with God that I went on while I was away and just in this community, this international community, you know, my friends from India and Singapore and different parts of Africa and China. And so it's like learning how the body of Christ is and how God is all over the world and getting out of the Western sort of mindset and into like how everyone, how other cultures encounter God, it really, really transformed my life. And that really made me want to also uh, become a missionary. And so um, once I graduated from that program in 2019, I went straight to the mission field to Tanzania. And initially I was only going to go for three months, but once I got there, I just fell in love with the people and I didn't want to leave. So I, I went back and I stayed for another three months until COVID hit and I had to come home. Wow. That's such like an inspirational story. It seemed like I definitely didn't know all of this. So this is like most of this is new to me. I did know about the first book, but I definitely mm -hmm. didn't know about the whole trial and you know, the tribulations of everything, but I'm, I'm glad you, you seem like you're such a, a stronger person because of all this. So let's, let's talk about Africa. So mm -hmm. what, what made you, you know, go to Africa and, and how was Africa compared to like all the other, you know, countries that you visited? So Africa, the, the reason why I went, like I said, I just really felt called to go there. Honestly, initially. Um, so in 20, 
18, I went to Israel and um, I really just was like, oh my gosh, I loved Israel and I didn't want to come home, but my heart broke because it's like right there in the, the, the where Christ lives, where he walked and they don't know him. So I was just like, oh my gosh, like I need to, like, I need to be around people who don't know Christ. Like I need, send me there. And I, I was taking different missions courses and I learned that, you know, of all the missionaries in the world, only 3% go to what's called closed countries and closed countries are countries that are closed off to the gospel of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to be one of those 3%. So I was like, I'm going to go to Israel or Southeast Asia or something. And that's what I really wanted to do. But then the next year, it was my last year in grad school and God really confirmed for me like that. I was a Bible teacher. He's like, no, you're a teacher. And I need you to do something else. So he um, really just led me. Like I came home from Israel. I started to research different missions organizations. And one of them focused solely on Africa. And I had interviews with different organizations. And when I met with them, my mobilizer from this particular organization, she was so sweet. She was so um, accommodating. And for a whole year, she just kind of answered all my questions. She like introduced me to other missionaries on the field. So it was just like her walking me through the process um, of how it is to be in Africa and just, you know, my team here in America helping me like get get uh, comfortable with the idea of going there. And it made me feel comfortable. And so um, then I just really prayed on it. And I knew that the Lord, he confirmed it for me several times that he wanted me to go to 10. Tanzania, um, you know, for this particular position, which um, when I was in Africa, I was a theological educator. So that's like a, a fancy way to say a Bible teacher. And I worked at a Bible college or I served at a Bible college, um, training ministers, evangelists, pastors uh, to basically go out and spread the gospel to unreached people groups. So um, Africa was amazing. Tanzania, I stayed in a a village, a small village. And um, so how was was, the village? So so what made you what made you stay in this village, particular village? Well, um, it was where the school was, where I, where, where I was assigned to. So the school was like in a village. Um, so was this trip like a, was this like a sponsored trip or like you had to like, so like all this traveling, was you like, how did all this traveling happen? So you was like, kind of just like had sponsors. Like, was it like, you just kind of said, Hey, I saved up all this money. And now I'm just like traveling to all these places because it, this seems like a, like a great, like a story it seems like like how did like you know you just traveling to all these countries and you know like was these like sponsored trips or like what so um they were both different um you know everywhere is always different but like when i went to israel it was i did i received like a scholarship to go for for the most part and that was like god it's like really just open up the doors to go on this program it was like um this program takes students. And this year was the first year they were taking seminary students when I went. And so I received a scholarship to go. And then um, as far as with Africa, going on the mission trip, so most missionaries will raise support. So it's called support raising. And that's what I did. You know, I raised um, almost six, well, I raised about $6,000 in 60 days um, because I, I didn't make the 
the decision to go into like July 1st. So I start, I announced it, that I was going July 1st and I departed on September 1st. So I had literally less than 60 days to raise $6,000. Um, wow. So I did that. And, you know, God, I mean, God provided, you know, he moved on people's hearts. You know, when he it's funny because like when God calls us to something, one thing we know, we have to believe that he's going to provide it. He's going to provide a way. And so I do believe that like God miraculously provided that money for me to go. And of course, you know, I, I definitely contributed, you know, to my own mission trip <laughs> as well. Um, but he definitely so. <laughs> came through. Yeah, it was amazing. But, um, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's such a, like an amazing um, journey, it seems like. So what, what do you think is the, the biggest thing you, you learned from all of this? Like what, what is like what is your hope with all this, uh, you know, just traveling and, and, and what you're doing right now? What, what would you tell other people about their journey and, and what they should do if they're, they're feeling the same way you are? So I definitely think that, um, you know, people should just pray about it. You know what I mean? Like if, if they, if you mean like missions, right. If someone feels called to the mission field, like the first thing that you have to do is pray and just really be led to go because you can't missions is not like taking just a vacation. It's not a trip. It's not like you're going to have fun. It's none of that. It's going to be like extensive spiritual warfare. You're going to go through a lot of trials and tribulations every step of the way. Like you really have to be called by God to do it. So I would say like the first step is definitely praying about it and getting other people to join you in prayer for that particular thing. And then um, just, you know, hearing from God about what he wants you to do and where, like what is your assignment? What is he calling you to do? It's, it's like I said, this has to be something that's spirit led. It can't be something that we pick up and say, okay, like I want to go here. I want to do this. Like, no, it won't work if if you do it on your own strength. It just literally won't work. So um, I definitely would say just pray on it. Uh, and that would be the first step. And then based on what <laughs> the Lord says, then that's when you move forward. Okay. So now that you transition, you know, mm-hmm. from that, and and now that you're you're doing your own ministry, tell us about that. Tell us how is that going? So um, when so okay, about five years ago, I, I you probably know this, but once the first book came out, Ten Blessings, and I started to work with domestic violence um, victims. I launched a nonprofit organization and I still have that nonprofit. It's called 10 Blessings Inspiration. And we um, support domestic violence and trauma survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we help, you know, people kind of get out when they need exit strategies, provide resources, things like that. Um, but what I was doing was like, as I started to get like deeper in the word, I started to put everything I was doing under the 10 Blessings umbrella. And just like, you know, all my ministry work, all, you know, Anytime I would do anything about God or whatever, I would put it under the 10 blessings umbrella, but it really like like, took away from the mission of 10 blessings. So as I was in Tanzania, you know, um, one of my heart is for discipleship is like, you know, helping people along in their journey with God. And I did a lot of that in Tanzania. So I realized like I need to be able to keep in contact with my students. I need to be able to continue to minister and teach the word. And like, so also so that they can, you know, get the messages and, you know, stay connected with me and I can stay connected with them. So I already had this group on Facebook and um, it was a 10 blessings group where I would just post anything, you know, about God and domestic violence and anything encouraging. But um, really the Lord just led me to stop 
doing that and separated. So I turned that group into, um, the Lord gave me a name, We Who Dwell. So um, We Who Dwell, it uh, comes from like Psalm 91, um, where it says like, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And it is basically a prayer in a um, passage of protection. And so it's like when we are dwelling in God's presence, meaning living and abiding in God's presence, we're protected, we're covered. We have angel or angels on assignment. So that that whole passage of Psalm 91 is so prominent. Promising. So um, the Lord was ministering that to me. And so we who dwell is basically um, it has a mission to empower disciples of Christ to dwell in his presence through the word, worship and prayer. So um, that kind of spun off of 10 Blessings. So now 10 Blessings is its own organization. It has its original mission, which is to support domestic violence and trauma survivors. And now We Who Dwell is pretty much a community. You know, I haven't really incorporated anything like that. It's just, you know, a place where we gather on Thursdays for prayer and, you know, we encourage one another and um, of course minister. And then people, you know, when they want me to speak or something, you know, I'm there and I'll, you know, do anything for the Lord. So it's not really anything that I'm like, oh, this is my ministry. But, you know, it definitely is a group of people there who gather and, you know, um, you know, we we uplift the Lord there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, well, it seems like that's, that's what I mean. It's still helping out the community is helping out people that, that needs it. So I'm, I'm glad you're helping them find a path. So tell us like, you know, what's next? What's next for you? What, what do you have going on? And, and any final words? Absolutely. So again, I mentioned that my book, I just released a book in September called The Absence of Excess, Stories on Cultural Immersion, Godly Love, and Living Surrender from a Black American Missionary in Africa. So right now, what I'm doing is really just sharing that book. And um, the whole thing with this book is, it's not just my stories in Af- from Africa, but it's really um, a way to go deeper in God. And so this book will allow us to hold a mirror up to ourselves and say, okay, um, it deals with so many issues that that really came to surface while I was in Africa. So issues such as like emotional baggage, like when we're trying to go from season to season, do we have too much stuff? Okay, do are we taking too much stuff? Are we too weighed down? Can we really hear from God? Can we really do what we're called to do? It talks about, you know, how to fight like those battles that we go through in our minds and those spiritual battles. It talks about love and like how to love people the way that God really commands us to. talks about having faith and even, you know, giving and what does giving look like? So I basically do a lot of, um, not comparison, but I kind of put the Western world and society up against the Eastern society in Africa. And I kind of look at like, you know, what happens in the absence of excess? Like what happens with all of these issues when there's not a lot of uh, stuff, like we have so much stuff in our society, but there they don't have, you know, a lot of people, my neighbors didn't have microwaves and wash machines and, you know, all of the luxuries that we have. A lot of people didn't have cars, but they had a beautiful life. So what I try to do is bring out that beauty and try to get, you know, our readers here to really like look at that and say, hey, like, am I doing what I should be doing with my life? And is all this stuff helping me or hurting me? 
So I'm in the process of really just sharing the book. It has so many different layers, as you could probably tell from me explaining it, but it has so many different layers that it takes a lot to unpack. So I just want to have different conversations around the different topics that we discuss in the book. And in addition to that, one of the goals is to really mobilize people to live more missional lives, whether you're going to go and be a missionary in Asia, Africa, you know, India, or if you're going to be just a missional person here. And that means like being on mission and particularly I want to encourage people to be on mission for God. You know, what does God really have us doing? And so we're so selfish sometimes in our own society, but, you know, God wants us to remember why he created us and what his purpose is. So the whole goal, one of them is that as well. Okay. So where, where can um, folks find the book and what, what's the website and what's the contact information for folks to um, contact you about? you know, writing their book or kind of working with them on their project. Absolutely. So I want everyone to follow me on Instagram at Natasha T. Brown. And um, that link in my bio has links to everything I do, like the the publishing company, podcast, you know, the books, all of that. Um, But you can also just visit my website, NatashaTBrown.com, and you can get the book there. The book also has a companion journal. So if you get the bundle, the book and the journal, you'll also get a nice message from me as well as some bookmarkers. And um, you can get the book there. You can also also, um, that is pretty much my publishing company website. And so if you um, visit our store, you'll find tons of books by many authors that we've published and um, coached as well. All right. Well, thank you, Natasha T. Brown. Um, she has an amazing story. And I'm sure if you read it, you will learn about her journey and where she is today. And, and it, it was an honor like it was definitely amazing having you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me because, you know, I'm definitely going to have to check out this because it's been so long and, and I'm happy to have you on here. Thank you for having me and God bless you and thank you for your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the I'm Just Saying podcast. Tune in next week. Don't forget to tell a friend and don't forget the hashtag I'm Just Saying. <laughs>